Alrighty, and thanks for listening. My name is Kate Toyer. I'm a trans woman, and this is Transition from the Outside, where I get to ask people who know me what they saw and they felt when I transitioned. So this episode, I'm being joined by Anne Feller, who is a very good friend. Um, we've known Anne for over 20 years now. And uh, she's seen pretty close hand, actually, of all of, of all of our veterinary friends, probably the one who's seen most close hand uh, my transition. So hi, Anne. Thanks for coming. My pleasure. Uh, I, we, met, we first met at uh, when I literally, when I first graduated, it was my first job. Uh, yeah. Do you, you remember? <laughs> um, <laughs> for what was known as the bastard boss of New South Wales. Yes, he was a challenge. There's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, he was challenging. Um, was I think we could, okay. <laughs> yeah, we could say more about that, but this goes public, so we'd probably be up for libel and slander, so maybe we don't. <laughs> um, but I'd actually like to ask you, what did you think of me back then? Um, gangly, nerdy. <laughs> I love and it. Not really gender specific, are they? You can be gangly no. in either sex. You can be nerdy, hopefully, in either sex too. No, totally. Yeah, probably pretty accurate from what I remember me being as well. I thought <laughs> you just didn't get fed enough because you were so thin. But but your 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 frame is ectomorph, so your frame is tall and lanky. I probably mm. was envious because I'm endomorph. Just think Inuit short and stumpy and now getting chunkier with age and that's my form so of course I enjoy gangly because it's exactly what I'm not <laughs> yeah well I guess I was sort of like partly that ectomorph sort of thing but I was like I had the ulcerative colitis at that stage as well which didn't really help matters like sort of you know sort of when you can't absorb half the nutrients it sort of um, mm. so it was a short time you bug it off overseas Tara and I literally resigned I don't know if you know this we literally I think you do but we literally resigned I think a week after you went overseas oh I can't get care of the time I wasn't sure I was the glue holding it together um but yes of course I do my English stint you know we're all told we have to go to England for a period of time and so yes I popped over on what was kind of like a working holiday yes we kind of Paths separated for a while and then we met up again when Tara was on New South Wales Division Committee with you, I believe. That That's sort of... right. So, yes, I'd done my uh, Rolling Stones tour of Australia and I was at that point back in New South Wales, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I don't have a lot, a huge amount of memories of that other than we went out to dinner a lot from recollection with AVA stuff and had a good time. <laughs> Yes, yes. Long, long chats into the evening. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I think we did. But, and I think we started to really just probably, probably bonded over shared trauma. I think that's too. I think we, uh, you know, we talk about bastard bosses, but we have bastard cases. We have bastard clients, don't we? And probably I'm being very unfair. We have, we, those are the challenges we face. And 
I think sometimes vets together get together and do what I call the biggest fish stories. So you did the most extravagant cesarean with the most puppies. Well, I had the most tough client, you know, who wanted us to stitch the rotten uterus back together so she, they could make more money out of this poor thing. Um, so I, I think that is one of the ways that we unite as vets is that the comedy is actually about these, oh, my God, you'll never believe what happened to me. It's like, yeah, that happened to me too. But biggest fish, my fish is bigger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it is, it's like that in the veterinary world, isn't it? It's a funny one because I, I must admit, I think you see it everywhere. Like it's not just the veterinary world, but it does seem to be very predominant in the veterinary world. It's like sort of uh, my my nightmare is bigger than yours, which I'm not entirely sure is healthy for us. It's not. And, you know, as I've got older, I make a point of actually just stopping and listening to those stories now and supporting our new people rather than going, oh, no, I've got one to beat yours. Because I don't actually think that's what they need anymore. They just need to go, yeah, I think I've been there too. Oh, wow, you did a great job. Oh, I might not have done as great a job, but, you know, my, my, my flick was maybe this bit. But you sound like you did, you know, better with 12 puppies. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I completely and utterly agree. So we, I, I just don't, I don't remember a huge amount like at that time at that stage Tara and I were living in Batemans Bay we had the practice down in Batemans Bay and we kind of meet up at AVA conferences and the New South Wales division things and I think sort of like you say probably the nerd thing because obviously you're a nerd Anne yes I'm a self-confessed nerd right here okay if we've got to start with labor call me a nerd (laughs) (laughs) exactly um so labeling you a nerd and I think we sort of, you and Tara and I really kind of just nerded out over stuff when it came down to it. And I, I think we but sort of really. It was on the table. Like I, I remember our discussions, not just being veterinary, but, you know, philosophical, um, possibly not religion, but, you know, hey, you know, you could, it was always a, a thing that we could actually discuss just about anything. And I think that was the thing. It was like there really wasn't topics that were off limit. And I think Mm. that's the key because that's actually the nature of friendship, isn't it? You know, at the end of the day, I think in coming to know you, I've understood better that religion, for instance, is important in your life. Hey, it's not in mine. But, you know, we're different enough that we can share that difference, you know, and I can respect it. I don't have to participate, do I? I don't have to endorse it. It's just, you know, religion is important in your community. Yeah. Yeah. It's and that actually probably segues on really nicely into what my next memory of uh, strong interactions and connections that we actually made. The next memory I really have of us really connected strongly was when we'd bought, we'd moved our veterinary clinic from from a location in Batemans Bay to a new location in the same town, and we asked you to come up, and you'd come up from your the time you were living in Victoria. And you'd yes. come up once a month and do exotics consults for us. And you'd spend the night overnight at our place. And our children, like it must, I can't even remember. Like James was born. I'm pretty sure James was born. Or sort of, well, I think it preceded James because I think, no, no, I think it preceded James by either a couple of months or even a year. You So you were visiting us once a month and you'd stay overnight and we would often chat very late 
<laughs> into the night when you're on because you'd usually yeah. drive up and you'd arrive at about oh god nine or ten o'clock at night yeah, you'd, yeah. You'd, you'd work on the th- like the or you'd been done something on the Sunday working yeah. a shift on yeah. the Sunday drive up stay overnight sort of work on yeah. the work with us on the Monday and drive back and you'd often sort of I, I remember a lot of bottles of wine supporting the local important <laughs> yeah totally um <laughs> One night where you'd had way too much of one of those energy drinks, and the red uh, night, not forgettable, is it? <laughs> the red <laughs> bull night. The <laughs> <laughs> sponsorship opportunity for Red Bull at this point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm looking for a sponsor, Red Bull. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I don't. I, I think I remember thinking at one stage that night, like at eleven o'clock, it seemed. I'm never going to get to sleep. Oh my God. Like you, <laughs> you are. It might give some people, people wings, but it gave me motor mouth, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely you're wired. So, did you like at that stage, like what did you sort of, I mean, obviously at that stage, you'd been very much a part of uh, a good friend, a part of our lives, and, and you were becoming a very much a very big part of our, um, our lives and our children's lives. Um, but yeah, what did you what did you see there? Like, what did you how did you see our family, so to speak? Well, I think I was uh, quite admiring the fact that you guys had made this life for yourselves in a country town. I, I, I mean, we know that we need vets in country towns, and you know, obviously having a partnership of veterinarians as a family sense and also then in a business sense, that brings its own challenges. And, of course, into that you're bringing and rearing some really beautiful young humans as well. You know, if you were a puppy owner, I'd definitely commend you and put you at the top of the class, Uh, you know, because I've got to put this in framework that we might understand as well. So I was kind of thinking, wow, you've got this great, balance if you like you're balancing your nerdiness you're still having a successful business you're finding the interesting cases but I had the real sense you're developing like a sense of belonging in the community as well if you like and that's exactly what we need for vets in country towns you have to be you know as you say the having religious or sporting or school associations and I think you know that's I, I think that's what I saw if you like you could say you were the family that seemed to have it all you know, the yeah. perfect family, looking quite yeah. normal maybe. Yeah. It's really funny actually that you say that because we kind of, we were actually used later after after I transitioned, uh, myself and, and uh, our family, sort of a photo of our family and our family story was actually used as a part of the uh, marriage equality campaign for so after the marriage equality vote there was uh, still some work that had to be done on changing adjusting legislation to so that particularly gender diverse trans and gender diverse people could sort of uh, could have their marriages recognized properly and and stuff like that yeah. um yeah. and it's funny that you say because I, I think that we were kind of the fam the poster child trans family as well like sort of afterwards it was kind of funny because it was like yeah we were the poster child normal family for one of a better term and yeah. and then sort of then became this poster child sort of trans family but yeah we're looking for something that's also approachable or that they could associate with you know that yeah. that 
So yes, I mean, I mean, and of course, we always know that normal families aren't normal. There's always something no, going really. on. No one's perfect, mm. and no one should be expected to be perfect either. I don't think. Yeah. So normal family is definitely not normal. Well, I, again, I don't know if you know this. But I have very distinct memories of a conversation, and I can't, I genuinely cannot remember where this conversation started, but it was with you. You were definitely there. A discussion came up around trans and gender diverse people. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but I remember very distinctly, uh, Tara doesn't remember this actually, believe it or not. She mentioned that she'd seen a uh, TV show. It was Andrew Denton's Enough Rope, I believe. Andrew Denton was interviewing a trans person from, I think they were from a Scandinavian country, maybe Switzerland, somewhere like that. Can't remember. And they were doing, basically, they'd been doing sort of uh, reading story, like sort of telling their story in libraries. Now, I remember distinctly sort of Tara saying, Yeah, look, I guess if that's sort of, something of how you feel if that's that's who you are then that's who you are like it's not something that you can be judged for and I believe it was at this time that you mentioned that you had had a partner that had been had gender expansive expression I, I don't know the exact details per se I sort of he was a cross-dresser for all I know he still is yeah so and of course the issue I had said was it's not what you do. It's the fact that you were you were hiding it. The fact yeah. that you trust me enough to be not judgmental. And I, I think uh, you mentioned the betrayal there, and that was the thing that probably hit me. Was the that was the biggest thing? Sense that surely you can trust me with this. If this yeah. is what you have to do to be you, it's just trust me that I'm not going to judge you. Yeah, and I that the fact that I was non-judgmental about it, I was more upset for not being included in a relationship that was close. Exactly, and I would totally agree. And I think that that came across to me, and and was very much I was on the edge probably, but it very much chipped me over the edge of like, okay, you just got to buck up here and sort of and really, and you got to tell Tara, and you got to. Because it's not fair to not tell, like you say, it's not fair to not tell someone who's supposed to be your closest person in the world. You know, you have to take the step. And you don't want to find out, as I found out, in a bad way. You want to actually structure and plan that conversation. Yeah, totally. So that conversation essentially inspired me to face who I was, sort of look in the mirror, just go, okay, this is who I am. And and I told Tara not long after that, actually, sort of uh, I think it was probably about two months after that particular conversation that I think I told Tara, I don't, this is not something that we, it certainly was something that we very much was within our family at that stage uh, and wouldn't sort of, uh, and we wouldn't tell anyone for some time because as, as most listeners, listeners would hopefully know is that transition is a process. Like it doesn't, it's not a flip a switch thing. Like it's sort of, a, it takes time to, to sort of, to do all of the things that you do to get ready to actually to do the flipping the switch that people kind of actually see. 
I think we sort of continued, obviously, to have a close friendship relationship and 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 all that sort of thing, and all this other gender stuff that's just going on in the background. Like you say, in this perfectly normal family. To remember that I wasn't joining the dots. So some of my memories of these these kind of wild weekends we were having um, were things like the we're all painting each other's nails and you're getting yours painted as well. Well, mm. I just I actually just said, well. Yeah, who says women have to be the ones with pretty nails? I remember the evening where I taught you all to catwalk in high heels because, of yes. course, going to a good girls' school, this is what was thought to be something that was important in my education. Screw calculus. Let's learn to walk <sighs> on a cat. Oh, dear, I don't know why you didn't learn this at school yourself. Modern education these days. And yep, you whipped on some heels, I think, of Tara's. I'm not quite sure you fitted into them, but I think they were sling back so you could sit over the edge of them. Yeah. And we we were we were all learning to catwalk on the concrete. Uh, that including the dog, I think, got in on this one as well. Um and and I think I just remember Tara just sitting there with a glass of red wine in her hand going, You're doing a much better job in my heels than what I do. Because remember Tara shocking it historically in heels and you were like owning the heels man and it was like i i still think the rihanna owned the heels but damn it you're oh, a close yeah. yeah no she still she still does own the heels. So, i think one other evening i came in and all of you were having makeup nice yes like, okay again why is it women get to wear mascara men don't i mean Seriously, if we're after gender equality, we got to start sharing the makeup, haven't we? That's exactly right. Some, some sort of, some guys look fucking amazing in makeup. Oh my god! Um, Everyone on our television is in makeup, isn't it? Oh, exactly. You know, the news presenters. Everyone has been touched up slightly. You know, so yeah. Why isn't Mm. it mainstream? Exactly. So. I think the next time we had, the next memory I have of us really discussing gender a lot was this is at a point where Tara and I had, I'd made the decision I would be transitioning. We were at the Gold Coast. uh, No, Brisbane. Brisbane it was, I think. You were staying, I think you were staying in the unit with us. We'd we'd sort of, we'd booked out a unit. Yeah, I was just a blow-in or two as I often do <laughs> you know I'm sorry yeah. can I have a bed for the night <laughs> pretty much and uh, it was an AVA conference obviously uh, and you were just staying with us and you were in fact I think you were the very first person outside of our family uh, that we actually told I remember that we had this conversation and because uh, we'd had to get we get the kids to bed and like and put them to bed to sleep in the the room that they were supposed to be sleeping in. We'd been watching. We might have been watching. Um, we were probably watching Eurovision because Eurovision was always on at the same time as the AVA. What do you do? You remember that conversation and what do you remember of sort of feeling around that conversation? I think I I, I think it was actually a shock because again, as I said, I was not joining the dots, but. I think also the thing that's important to remember is I think gender matters when it's sexual and we had a friendship that was platonic and it was collegial. So it's kind of like 
it's it's almost lovely that you're telling me, but it's not relevant to the relationship that we have. Because again, as I say, yeah. the person that I like is the person who is inside you, no matter the what your appearance. Cortex. Yes, that frontal cortex person. But at the same time, what I remembered was that as a friend, I also needed to understand that this was important to you. Do, do you know yep. that this was something that had, in fact, been chewing you up on the inside, the fact that you're in this conflict, and now you could see the path forward. You knew that it was going to be rocky because I think you'd also said at this point you had the choice to um, – and I'm going to use all the wrong language, and that's fine, but almost not to come out. You could continue to, if you like, to be closeted as a man mm. while being transgender at home. But mm. to make it um, – but you wanted it to be real. There shouldn't be two personas. Mm. But I think I remember things like you being concerned about your community, concerned about it in a business sense because what would your clients think? And I was thinking like, well, shit, if you're in downtown, I don't know – where the, the the most diverse suburbs are, but you know Bondi in a in a um, city, Sydney, not a problem. But you're actually in a r- rural town, and I had, of course, I'd been living in a rural town for several years, but uh, like around the time we'd known each other, and knew how close-minded some of our more conservative communities could be. So I remember having trepidation for your decision thinking geez it's brave but is it all going to blow up in your face and I think also the thing that I do remember is um also Tara saying and really probably encapsulating this the person she loves is the person who is inside you but what were people going to think of her because she felt very strongly heterosexual that Mm. did your change have to reflect a change for her and I'm sure probably partners face this as a conundrum. And I suppose also, you know, I suppose I spent, you know, the question mark of how will this change their marital relations, what will that look like? And then kind of going, well, hey, as long as it works, who gives a shit? You know, whatever that whatever that actually looks like and whatever fails, not mine to know, not ask, just make it work, okay? <laughs> and, and that was kind of... I think that ended up being our because there were there were actually a number of people there were some people who actually kind of said those things out loud sort of uh, you know it's, it was kind of a matter of like like does it really matter to you I mean you're not going to be invited into the bedroom so I sort of I really don't necessarily see how that's kind of relevant to you uh, how we sort that stuff out we, we've never had the relationship where I've really asked. You know, like, like we never just stand there and go, right, three glasses of wine. Now, what do you, how do you guys normally do this? Do you know, when, yeah. for instance, being a man, why would I ask that when you were transitioning? Why would I even, like, again, that's not the friendship we have. The friendship we have is nerdy cerebral cortex. Yeah. And I think I was more concerned about how it was impacting you mentally. So what I'd like to know so when was, do you remember when the next time, because I, I would imagine the next time you probably, because I think at that stage I was on, I might have even been on hormones. Um, I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think the next time I sort of saw you. So you'd spoken to me about this change, and but you were still, if you like, can I say dressing as a man, you were still masculine yeah. in your yeah, 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 yeah. I was still, I was still presenting male, yeah. You weren't. 
like you weren't making an obvious change, if you, if you like, yeah. at that point you yeah. took me. And um, I think then, because the nature of this is I think then I wasn't coming up and I'd moved away to do whatever else I was doing at the time. Mm -hmm. I'm losing watch where I am in my life, in your life. And, of course, the next time I saw you was um, at an AVA conference and you were wearing a skirt. I didn't think it looked good on you, but I can't really say that, can I? <laughs> you can say whatever you like. This is about you. Get it to your face. You know, can you imagine transitioning? Here's one of your big outings. And your best friend thinks you're not well dressed. Like that's a blow. So I still, you know, I don't even know what the, the skirt was. But let's just oh, say I don't think it really. I think your dress sense has improved over time. Can I say that? <laughs> because no, because you... it's a learning process, isn't it? it? You're actually. Am I right in saying you're learning to be a woman or to be more woman-like, or is that? I think you're sort of. I don't know if you're learning to be a. Like yeah, no, no, no. It's okay. I, it's it's a it's an interesting discussion. I don't think you're learning to be a woman. I think what you're learning to do is express yourself. And and I think every woman goes through this sort of, be they cis or trans. Uh, cis women just tend to go through it at a younger age. You're learning to express yourself in a way that you feel comfortable, and you get a reflection back from society that. Uh, matches up with who you feel like internally. That strikes a chord because maybe when I say you're learning to be a woman, I think back to myself as a teenager. So, in other words, becoming a sexual person. And it was a learning process. If you like, you had to learn the dress style that suited you, like you had to learn the style that expressed you. You had to yeah. learn the makeup that expressed you. Like, I just can't do goth and heavy makeup around my eyes really well. Okay, it took me to 40 to appreciate that. So I'm hoping you'll get there slightly sooner than 40, <laughs> 30 as a sexual being. So I think that's what I kind of mean. And you're right, it is that expressing of yourself. Do you know, like, and as teenagers, we're actually given that space to do that. Whereas, of yeah. course, your challenge is as, a, as an adult is you're actually making those transitions in a more judgmental science society. When I maybe did... Um, you know, I kind of think, you know, cutesy schoolgirl as an image. Yeah. At 18, yeah. people are kind of going, well, she's not really fanging it. You know, if she tried it when she was 14, <laughs> she got away with it. Um, you know, or then I'm trying a bit more grunge. It's kind of like, mm, yeah, just look messy, hum. Whereas, you know, when we go through these styles, you know, like I went through prim and proper, you know, buttoned up kind yeah. of thing. And we, we wear them as teenagers as a way of trying to find our like that self and I yes. think that's the challenge is you're doing that over 40 and you're doing yeah. it in a much more judgmental sphere even though we've all been bullied at school but when you look back you go you know shit that was only a thousand girls in my case and who gives a damn about any of them if you like whereas you were trying to find that expression of yourself in a business uh, in a professional life and yeah at these conferences so yeah um yeah. i'm looking and, and then you know you kept sending me photos of your fantastic evening gowns and all the ava stuff and i started getting envious because you have this killer figure like you know remember i'm the short inuit okay and you've for this stuff and you can walk in heels because i taught you <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I owe it all to you <laughs> no, no. 
But yes, I think I think that was your challenge, isn't it? So that's why, yeah, it's the same, yeah. Uh, well, that kind of almost brings it us up to now. Obviously, we've sort of, because you're in Adelaide, uh, we uh, meet up at various AVA functions and whatnot. And, uh, and your 40th birthday party, which was lovely, which was um, a lot of fun. Not 40th, sorry. I think it was another age. Yeah, yeah. 50, just oh, getting better. Okay? I, I wasn't going to mention the age. No, I've got to own it. I'm fine. I mean, I can't make myself any younger. I am what yeah. I am. I'm a 69er. Let's be proud of something, okay? <laughs> uh, I definitely. That was a. That was an awesome, awesome night. That was a. That was a great dinner. It was fun, uh, wasn't it? Interesting bringing such a diverse group of people together. I think yeah. that was because really between you all, the only common thing was that if you like, you all cared about me, and that. That was the bit that kind of got me emotional that people would, and it even sounds bizarre now, people would get on a plane and fly across the country just to have a dinner. How bizarre yeah. is that? Who ever did something like that, huh? Those were the yeah. days. We'll talk to grandchildren or your grandchildren about that, won't we? <laughs> Back in the old days when we could actually travel on planes, we actually travelled across the country to go to parties. <laughs> just for dinner. <laughs> just for a dinner when we didn't when we didn't have state borders that required a visa and a passport and a, and a health check yes that was an amazing that was an amazing night it really yeah. was this is the thing for me your appearance is not an issue where you sit in your transition is not an issue and i didn't actually warn anyone because why would i i actually yeah. probably warned people that my mother might be um a bit hard of hearing, yeah. if you like. That's yeah. a disability and therefore that yeah. is worth sharing. But your appearance and where you were, I was asking people to accept you for you, just like I ask you to accept my mother for being my mother and yeah. the person that she is. And, yeah. you know, my, my, my aunt sometimes comes across as being a bit, um, oh, she's actually, I think, nervous. And so sometimes yeah. she says things that are not right. Well, you know what, you're actually all old enough that you'll manage that conversation with her. It's not like she needs a label and a warning, do you know? Yeah. You will chat with her, you know. And, again, Brian, my God, there's a man who does need a warning, doesn't he? Because, of course, he <laughs> almost dominates the entire restaurant from the head of his table, do you know. He's, he's, again, got the waiters eating out of the palm of his hand. Um, yeah, should he have come with a warning too? Like, none of, like, you are who you are. You've been invited by me because you're special to me. Yeah. Do you know, what I did love was I love how transition makes it sound like it's not permanent, that you're on a journey. Goodness knows yeah. where you're going to end. And I love that you could end at any time. Um, but, yeah, people just accepted you for who you were. They hadn't met you before, but no one yeah. judged. I didn't get the sense that anyone judged. I definitely didn't feel judged. And, and I still have your, the beautiful rainbow unicorns. I'm almost just, um, and, I, and again, do you know, because I love that because it's it's kind of representing the change and it, it actually sits on my dressing table and it reminds me, it's there to remind me each day, like particularly with the people that I meet in my work, that if you like, there is so much diversity out there and 
like it's just being open to it and again just trying to find that cerebral cortex because that's the bit I have to deal with you know and that's really the only bit that I'm interested I I mean one of the things I love about being a vet is we get to see all types of people don't we do you know we get to see the people who are almost that if you like that traditional normal family or are the conservative older people that you can tell have had a very structured life and upbringing and belief system and then, yes, I always remember one of my clients whom, um, you know, whose, whose physical appearance changes every time. She's heading more into the tattoo and um, like yeah, ear stretching yeah. and, and, and changing a face kind of world. And, you know, every time I see her, it's like, wow, you know, geez, you're different today. Yeah. I hadn't appreciated your yeah. better spots on your arms um i thought you'd maybe go for more rat tails because you love your rats so i think that that sits on my table to remind me each day that i don't know who i'm going to meet i don't know am i going to meet a unicorn or am i going to meet a rainbow colored unicorn or am i just going to meet bland vanilla and let's respect bland vanilla as well yep yep totally um uh very much lots of respect for uh, our bland vanilla. Vanilla ice cream is really yum. The great thing about vanilla ice cream is you can put all sorts of toppings on it. <laughs> exactly. And put high heels on it as well, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, put high heels on it and toppings and unicorn horns <laughs> and whatever, whatever else you like. So thank you so much. And that's it for everyone. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Bye. I thought I was